Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence. It's a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. Intelligence looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. The 2023 Volume 3 is available now. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. I had a busy week. I covered two industry conferences downtown in Washington, D.C. I'll cover the, uh, the WIA event first. Executives from government, industry, and investment met in Washington, D.C. to explore opportunities and overcome obstacles to advancing connectivity The event was the WIA Digital Infrastructure and Investment Conference. WIA President CEO Patrick Halley uh, opened the conference. He said uh, he referenced a Smithsonian Institution exhibit that's on display right now that exhibits cell phones. And he opened the conference by by saying the display shows all the ways cell phones have changed our lives. The exhibit includes items from Qualcomm, T-Mobile, and Crown Castle, all WIA members. And he said the display includes innovations made possible, quote, because of the deployment by carriers, manufacturers, and others. And he said, you know, 99% of Americans have access to three or more 4G providers and 315 million Americans are already connected to 5G. The the telecom industry's continued success depends on good policy decisions. He said, uh, we must make available for commercial use a substantial amount of new spectrum within the next five years and identify a longer-term spectrum pipeline. He cited a recent report that found that the U.S. needs 400 megahertz of full-power licensed spectrum in the next five years to meet projected demands. Permitting was a big topic at the cons- at the. Uh, event. He said the industry needs predictable, proportionate, and transparent permitting policies. Uh, He said, but we're not starting from scratch. He said, citing previous policies that have come out of Congress and the FCC, such as making co-location easier. He said that kind of progress needs to continue. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr also cited the agency's work on co-location and national permitting. He said many of the ideas developed at the commission on that came from infrastructure. And he said, you know, he cited tower climbers specifically when he was discussing that. He said by 2014, uh, builds, new cell builds effectively flatlined in the country. But he said 5G moved that along. 
I asked Carr whether the FCC is able to monitor what's happening to cell sites in Israel and Gaza. And he said, you know, when there's a riot or a protest or something, you know, bad, he says one of the first things people do now is they take out a cell phone and take a video. He said, I've long called for the U.S. to have the strategic capability to bolster communications in cases where an authoritarian regime has cut off the Internet. He mentioned a bill that was introduced in Congress by Representative Maria Salazar, a Republican from Florida, it, which would do that. He said, I would like to see us have more cap capacity at the deployment level. He, too, discussed Spectrum saying he issued a Spectrum guideline last March, laying out what the company needs. And he said, you know, unfortunately, we're not getting enough done on that on that front. Um, he's concerned that the anticipated bead dollars will underperform unless changes are made. Uh, he supports a technology neutral, uh, a, a technology neutral allocation for the bead dollars. Right now, the bead dollars, he said, you know, the NTIA put its thumb on the scale for fiber, which means he said, you're really telling people you're stuck until you get fiber. He mentioned a recent tower climb in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where he said a telecom put in fixed wireless in what was basically over a weekend. And he said a fiber install would have taken a lot longer. Both Carr and Holly addressed the needed workforce to go hand in hand with getting new spectrum for telecom needs. And uh, Carr also cited a recent learning alliance program in Florida with a WIA member a veteran who was an army mechanic took 12 students on a tower climb. He said it was for the first time, and we have to shine a spotlight on programs like this to bring people into tower climbing. There's more, much more from that conference that I'll discuss in a week. I'm switching now to another conference I covered earlier in the week in the National Press Club. It's the 12th America Spectrum Management Conference. Uh, where is new spectrum coming from was a big topic. You know, several competing industries, including telecom, cable, satellite, and more, they all continue to need more spectrum as new applications and technologies are developed. But where will it come from? Uh, that's a big question. Satellite Industry Association President Tom Strupp said, you know, about 10 years ago, there were about 10,000 satellites in orbit. Now, he said, we're on track to have more than 100,000 satellites in space by the end of this year. So that's why they need more spectrum. Dynamic, Dynamic Spectrum Alliance board member Michael Calabresi said, in discussing a national spectrum strategy, something the administration is working on, his group advanced for a balanced approach between licensed, lightly licensed, and unlicensed uses. He said, we advocated for a default policy of use it or share it. He referenced the CBRS band. He said it's working around the Navy's needs without interference. Um, he said the FCC and NTIA, NTIA have charts showing, you know, who's allocated to use it when, but they don't know a lot about the actual use. He said they need, the industries need to know more about the geography and the power levels to feed into recommendations for a national spectrum strategy. 
Um, CTIA Vice President of Spectrum, Umair Javed, said wireless carriers are rolling out new generations of wireless networks buttressed by what he described as historic levels of investment. He cited the industry's $121 billion in network upgrades since 2018. He said, we need to commit ourselves to national policies that have brought us here. Scott Blake Harris, Senior Spectrum Advisor for the Office of the Assistant Secretary at NTIA, said crafting a national spectrum policy for the U.S. is a goal before the upcoming International Telecommunication Union 2023 World Radio Communication Conference that begins November 15th in Dubai. Another panel at the Spectrum Conference was about how to share Spectrum, and CBRS was a was a big topic at that uh, at that conference. Arthur De Leon is the director of Strategic Spectrum Policy for the Department of the Navy. He said the military is looking at how to develop Spectrum at rest and Spectrum on demand. I should be able to connect at any time on the network. Uh, so remember with CBRS, uh, you know, it's been in operation three years. A lot of people say it's it's a success story because both commercial use and Navy users share the spectrum, which is with availability managed by a SAS administrator. They also say it brought that auction brought in a more widespread uh, license licensee base, because he said there were over 220 winning bidders in the FCC CBRS auction, compared to a much lower number of companies winning licenses in typical FCC spectrum auctions. Uh, A gentleman from AT&T, the assistant vice president of global public policy, Jeff Stewart, said, you know, in order for spectrum sharing to work, there needs to be a detailed information exchange between government and commercial users. He said it helps you to preserve use cases and put in place protective margins. And as the talks get more granular, you can protect everybody. He says AT&T is now seeing this in its 3.5 gigahertz talks with the Department of Defense. And he said the talks are necessary, you know, they take months to get the most out of our licenses. He cautioned the group that sharing approaches need to be informed by real-world data. He said, if you don't do that, you're leaving spectrum on the table that's less effectively shared and less effectively used. Well, that's a wrap. Um, Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'll have more in the next edition on the uh, WIA event. But in the meantime, for a complete rundown of all the week's stories, check out our Saturday edition. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.